Depending on the industry you serve, research shows that between 20 and 70% of new customers decide to cancel their agreements during the first 100 days of the relationship. How do you fix this? Our guest today, Joey Coleman, author of Never Lose a Customer Again, shares how companies are creating remarkable customer experiences to not only reduce cancellations, but to also drive revenue growth. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect, helping generous leaders grow their revenue and their impact. Right now, the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge is underway. Every day I get fired up as we are coached by the world's top sales and marketing thought leaders. You know, right now, it's critical we get sales and marketing aligned to hit our goals. Forrester research showed that organizations with tightly aligned sales and marketing operations achieve 24% faster three-year revenue growth. And my, don't we need this right now. Whether you're in sales, marketing, customer success, or you're an executive, I believe you're going to discover six practical points of alignment that will help you accelerate your growth. This power-packed event features some of the marketing and sales world's top thought leaders, including Jeb Blunt, Meredith Elliott Powell, Mark Hunter, Douglas Burdett, and more. Sessions are running weekdays from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock Eastern on March 1st through 10th. And if you can't attend live, make sure to sign up and you'll get the recordings. You don't want to miss this event. And thanks to our friends at VanillaSoft, this event is available to us absolutely free. So if you want to align sales and marketing to drive results, text the word alignment to 21,000. That's alignment to 21,000 or visit www.2021alignmentchallenge.com and save your spot. You'll also get access to the recordings for the days you can't be there live. Well, today we are going to talk about the power of customer experience to drive revenue growth. Our guest, Joey Coleman, is the author of what has become one of my all-time favorite business books, How to Never Lose a Customer. You're going to discover why customer experience may be the best place to create competitive advantage. You'll learn about the critical importance of the first 100 days when you land a new customer. And you'll find out how other companies are creating remarkable customer experiences that not only improve retention, but also drive revenue growth. This is an idea-packed conversation, so grab a pen and a notepad and get ready to learn from Joey after a word from our sponsors. Joey, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. 
Daryl, I am super excited to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. Thanks to everybody who's listening in today. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, you know, customer experience and this book, Never Lose a Customer Again, which got put across my radar by Douglas Burdett of the Marketing Book Podcast. I Every time I talk to Doug now, I say thank you for introducing this book to me, Joey. I think what you've put together here is this playbook for creating an incredible customer experience is pure dynamite. Oh, you are very kind, Daryl. I really appreciate that. Thanks to Douglas for uh, getting the book in front of you. It's so nice to uh, have friends and advocates out there that are promoting the message of creating remarkable customer experiences. You know, in the in the sales and marketing world, oh, we all—I mean, we obviously tend to get very siloed. That's why we put together the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge that we've been talking about here on the podcast. We tend to get really siloed, and and one of the things that in the middle of all that, you know, tunnel vision for sales, tunnel vision for marketing. Sometimes we forget about the customer and this whole concept of customer experience. Um, while in some ways it's everything we've been doing all along in other ways, it's something that we just haven't really thought about in most organizations or given enough attention to. I'm curious what you find as you work with organizations and talk with them about their customer experience strategies. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm uh, I grew up in a farming community, so I'm a big believer that silos are awesome on the farm and they're <laughs> right. horrible in your organization. Right. Like they have right. a very clear defined purpose in the farm. Right. But in a business and I get it, I get how this happens. I think, Daryl, what evolved over the years is as as organ when an organization starts out and let's say it's a solo entrepreneur or maybe a small team, you know, two or three people, sales, marketing and customer experience are mm -hmm. all handled by all the people in the organization all day, every day. Because right. serving one or two customers, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a handful of customers. But as an organization grows and we silo and we kind of break into those separate groups, you're right. What we end up having in those scenarios is entire divisions that are only thinking about their world, whether that's marketing, sales, or customer experience. And in the typical, or typical organization, the head of marketing has a specific marketing budget and reports up to the CEO. The head of sales has a specific sales budget and reports up to the CEO. The head of, oh, oh, oh wait a second. There actually isn't usually a head of customer <laughs> right. experience. And if there is a head of customer experience, they usually report to either the head of marketing or the head of sales who right. then reports up to the CEO. So what it creates is this environment where taking care of the customer is not only not a major initiative that the organization is focused on, but it has been relegated to being a piece of the portfolio of someone who has the title chief marketing officer or mm -hmm. head of sales. Guess what, friends? They're going to be more focused on the verb or the specific noun that is in their title than mm -hmm. they are in taking care of the customers. doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're human. And so I think the opportunity that's available to all organizations is to say, we claim to be caring about our customer experience, but what have we done structurally to prove to our own people internally that customer experience is a high priority. 
I think that's that organizational aspect is something that is really great to think about. Where does the customer experience fit in your organization? You're right. When you're new, I mean, you got a small team, you're all in the same room or your chief totally. cook and bottle officer, it's all instinctive. But as you grow, where's, where's the voice of the, the customer? Where is, you know, where, who owns that, uh, that experience, you know, in, uh, in revenue growth engine, we talk about the two core ways to grow revenue. And, and when you get them running simultaneously, both net new growth and cross selling more to your current clients, um, you begin to experience that exponential revenue growth. And the reality is I've found, and I'm, I'm curious what you've discovered. I I've found that most companies are usually good at one or the other. They're either good at net new business or they're good at cross-selling. And I, I don't, my experience has been, it's like three to one would say they're good at net new business versus cross-selling. I would say that if you're not good at cross-selling, you maybe haven't thought strategically about customer experience. What would you I say would, to that? Yeah, I would totally agree with you, Daryl. I think customer experience is a uh, linchpin in the cross-selling conversation. I would also posit it is the unseen uh, tsunami of awesomeness in your <laughs> new acquisition strategy as well. Yes. Let's yes. be candid. It's a lot easier to close a new client when they've been referred by an existing client or when they've heard great things about you in the marketplace. When you show up as a salesperson or a marketer into a conversation with them and they're already primed as to what your offerings are, what your pricing is, the value you're going to bring to the table, the experience you're going to create for them, it makes closing deals much easier. You know, it's interesting in writing the book, we did looked at some research mm -hmm. that looked across all industries in the area of sales and marketing. And they said, if you were to take a salesperson, you know, and kind of balance out for, you know, longevity and experience with sales, and they were to pitch a cold prospect, how often would they close? And the average across all industries globally is somewhere between five and 10%. Five to 10% close rate is about the average when you, again, flatten it across all industries, all levels of sales experience. They then took that same group and they said, okay, now what if we were to take this data and apply to cross-selling, selling to someone that is already an existing customer? the likelihood of closing goes up to 60 to 70%. Now, I don't know about you, Daryl. Part of the reason I got into customer experience is I wasn't good at math, okay? But I can do that math. I can look at that math and say, oh my gosh, it's not that I'm anti-sale. It's not that I'm anti-marketing. I want the salespeople and the marketing people to have an even easier job. I want to increase their close rates by mm -hmm. creating remarkable customer experiences that allow for those cross-selling and upselling uh, opportunities to be so much easier. And you can do that if you're focusing on creating remarkable experiences for your existing customers. You know, as you're, as you're sharing that, I'm just thinking, Joey, of conversations in the last 24 hours, one with an enterprise client, one with a mid-market client. And they're talking, both of those conversations were about stuff stuck in the pipeline. They got it in the top, you know, they got it in the top of the funnel, but it, you know, we talk about the great, the 10% grits gets to the bottom. What about the other 90%? And then what about the gold mine of your current client base? I remember Tiffany Bova coming to a tech conference I was at uh, back when we used to go to conferences and, uh, you know, we're in a room full of 2,500 technology sales leaders and, and business owners. And, and I remember her standing up in front of everybody and going, 
basically in a nutshell, if I could paraphrase, y'all are complete idiots. You're like gold miners that sell everything to go find a gold mine. You get your first nugget and you high five and you go, let's find another gold mine. Customer experience, improving and enhancing customer experience is, is the way to mine the gold <laughs> and Absolutely. is so good. Hey, for, for our listeners, um, I, you do such a great job of defining what customer experience is and what it isn't in the book. Can you give us a Cliff Notes version, or as we said in Canada for my Canadian listeners, the Coles Notes version? There you go. Nice. nice. Yeah. I love, love my Canadian listeners as well. I, I've spent a lot of time up in Canada and we actually went above and beyond to make sure we had lots of great Canadian examples in the book. I noticed uh, that. Yeah. Such, a, such a fan. Well, you know, in my experience, Daryl, to be candid, Canadians seem to care more about their customers than uh, the folks in the United States do. And I know that's a really? sweet well, thing. We're just so nice and polite, right? Well, I think there's that. Like, we <laughs> we can default to the it's the Canada nice, but I actually think it has something to do with the overall size of the marketplace hmm. in the sense that if you look at how people used to behave when we lived in more small town communities, mm. you didn't want to burn a bridge because you lived with those people. You went to the store by them. You know, mm -hmm. they were your neighbors. You might see them in church, whatever it may be. Now, as we've moved to, you know, more urban society, mm -hmm. you can, you know, blow off a customer and it kind of doesn't matter because you've got a lot more that you could go to. And online has only exacerbated that problem even more. Mm -hmm. I think the reality is when you, when you think about what would my other customers think mm. if they were watching how I'm handling this scenario? Ooh. It changes the dynamic for a lot of organizations because it's like, ooh, wait a second. We, we better treat them all as if everybody's watching. But you had asked a question about this kind of definition of customer mm. experience. And I think it's useful to juxtapose customer experience against customer service because all too often people use those phrases interchangeably. And I understand why they do that. But I think that a lot gets lost in the translation as a result. So I define customer service as the assistance or advice that a company provides to people who use or buy their products or services. So it is a much more reactive type situation. Hey, you've already got our product. You've already got our service. How are we going to make sure that you are able to use our product or service and get what you wanted out of this? Whereas customer experience is how customers perceive their interactions with your organization across all the interactions. It's a much more proactive feeling. It's a, it's a feeling as opposed to an action, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think when we think about customer service and customer experience, we need to have the systems and the processes in place to handle our customer service. But at a 35,000 foot level, we need to be looking against the entire lifetime journey of the customer. And what are we doing to make sure each phase of that journey is remarkable in and of its own right, mm -hmm. so that we can navigate them from one piece of the journey to the next? Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking back to my, you know, we all have light bulb moments in our thought leadership careers, you know, in, in our philosophy of business and life. And you know, my light bulb moment happened um, when John Langford, who, by the way, is leading this session on a, a sales and marketing aligning around customer experience at the Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge this Friday. Um, John introduced me to uh, a book called The Experience Economy by Joseph Pine and James Gilmore. And when, the light bulb moment for me was when, you know, they said, look, products, goods, services, that's commoditized. 
duh, we all knew that, right? Now we move to a services economy, but the reality is most services are commoditized. Everybody's got a service of some kind. Um, and you know, some of them are good, some of them are not. But they said the real area of competitive differentiation now is experience. And they said in the book, and this was my light bulb moment, welcome to the experience economy. And this is, you know, if you look at listeners, you know, if you look at your business, your competitive landscape, I can guarantee you, your products are similar. If not, someone will clone them in six months, right? Your services, I mean, I've never encountered a business that says they do poor service, right? Nobody goes, our service is mediocre. Everyone says they have great service. But when it all comes down to it, this area of experience is the area of sustainable differentiation. And I I am just, I don't know, I'm just, I, I'm having more light bulb moments here, Joey, while we're talking. So uh, forgive me for my enthusiasm on all this, but I, I'm curious when you think of strategic growth of a business right now, how should customer experience fit into a strategy or maybe should it be the strategy? Yeah, I honestly, and I realize I'm biased as a customer (laughs) experience guy, but I think all strategies should fall under the experience umbrella. Like this, this isn't a singular discussion. This isn't an initiative for Q3, you know, and then we'll move on to Q4's initiative. No, this is, this is a foundational element of the conversation. I mean, I agree with you, you know, We've been in the experience economy for a while. The problem is there's a significant number of organizations that are living in the past. They're still thinking it's about, you know, features on their product or, you know, the price of their service when the reality is it's about how we feel. Mm -hmm. See, what's changed is it used to be, let's roll back the clock, maybe 50 years. It used to be that your competition was the other company that made the same widget you made or the other service in your community that delivered the same service that you were offering. That was the competition. Now your competition, regardless of what business you're in, is Disney and Netflix Mm. and Amazon Mm -hmm. and Tesla. Mm -hmm. And why is that your competition? Because those brands have staked a claim around the importance of experience. They have built their entire business operations about how you feel When you interact with them, do you feel surprised? Do you feel delight? Do you feel anticipated? Meaning the brand is looking to figure out what you want before you even say what it is. Do Mm -hmm. you feel a level of personalization in the communications? You know, Mm -hmm. other people like you have watched this show on Amazon or this show on Netflix. You should write. Do you feel that they're going above and beyond to create uh, feelings? You know, they're dozens, if hundreds of amusement parks around the world. But when you go to the Magic Kingdom, it's a magical experience. That's right. Different than the other places. So these brands that have stood the test of time and continue to actually grow in this Mm -hmm. COVID era that we're in, where so many businesses have just taken it on the chin, these Mm -hmm. brands continue to grow. Why? Well, I would posit it's because they have a strong internal and external commitment to the power of creating remarkable experiences. That's so strong. And it in right now you just think about um we're I mean, this is first of all, the, the, you look at the Amazons, the Ubers, the Netflix, all the world, they've changed expectations, right? Obviously. Totally. Like, I ordered something last week from someone other than Amazon. And when they told me it was going to take 10 days for me to receive it, I was like, 
what? What you about know, when they had probably told you you had to pay for it too? You had to right. pay for shipping. <laughs> yeah. It's like, stop and what? think everyone how dramatically different our life is now compared to just 10 years ago. If you would have ordered something from a catalog, of course, what the shipping and handling charges, we're all familiar with the 599 or the 1999 mm-hmm. shipping and handling charge. Amazon just said, yeah, we're not going to do that. And what that meant is everybody who sold in an e-commerce world if you don't offer free shipping now, you look like the jerk. Right. And not due to any fault of your own. And I get that there's a cost of business and a cost right. of operating, but you're right. The landscape has changed. Amazon sends me a text message when my package ships. They send me a text market text message when my package is delivered. By the way, it's my house. Right. And I get a text message letting me know that the postal person or the delivery person has been to my front door and I might not have even heard them come to the front door. Mm -hmm. But now I know to get up and go check the door and see the packages there. I mean, they are literally changing the landscape all day, every day. And if your business isn't thinking ahead to figure out what kind of experience enhancements can we bring to the table, how can we create loyalty and engagement with our audience, with our customers, you're, it, I can literally set a stopwatch as to how much longer you're going to be in business. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because you can look at that, what we're, we're talking about here and see the threat side of it. Sure. Obvious, right? And you can want to crawl in a hole or, you know, all of that. Um, or you can look at the opportunity side of it. And I think, you know, we're, I was, we were talking earlier today with Meredith Elliott Powell. She's one of my favorite business strategists at the Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. And we were talking about the the dynamic marketplace that we're in right now. It's it's changing. It's changed quite fast. It changed last year. We learned to pivot. That's not going to change right now. I think as we look at this dynamic marketplace and how we're going to build competitive advantage, one of the best areas to focus is the customer experience because this is something that we can enhance. It's got room for improvement. It's got room for innovation. It's got room to to differentiate as our clients' needs evolve. So, how, where do you begin? Uh, this this once again, everyone listening in, pause, go to Amazon or wherever you buy books uh, that charge you five ninety five in shipping, and buy "Never Lose a Customer Again" by Joey Coleman. Where do you get started? We uh, let me set this up. So we. Just got a new president a couple months ago. We got a new administration. And uh, when a new administration comes in, they always want to know what's going to happen in the first, I think it's 90 days for the administration. Should have been 100. The first 100 days. That's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, that's actually where the idea from the book came from. So there it is. So yeah. the, the book says, hey, let's look at the first 100 days. So how do you, just like the president's getting evaluated, this new administration, what it, it you would submit that you're getting evaluated as a business in your first hundred days. So what do you do about it? Where do you start? Well, not only would I submit that, Daryl, but all the research proves that. So what the research actually shows when we dive into this deeper in the book is regardless of the industry you're in, somewhere between 20 and 70% of your new customers will decide to stop doing business with you before the 100 day anniversary. Okay, they will repeat either, that. You got to yeah, repeat that. That's 20 to 70% of your new customers will decide to stop doing business with you 
in the first 100 days. Now, here's the thing. Some of the people listening may go, but Joey, you don't understand. We signed them on a year-long contract. Okay, I get it. But they've actually decided that they're not going to renew a year from now. You're going to have that conversation 11 months from now. They've already decided in the first three weeks that they're not renewing, and they're just going to be irritated at you for the next right. Okay. All the all the research shows this. I mean, auto mechanics is 68%. Software as wow. a service averages out at 20%. Uh, the cell phone industry is 32%. Banks is 16%. I mean, the numbers are staggering across all these wow. industries. What the research shows, though, is if on day 101, the customer is feeling fantastic about the relationship. They are feeling that they're having a great experience. In the typical business, a customer will stay for five years. So here's the thing, Daryl. I'm not asking you and your listeners to run a marathon at sprint level speeds for the rest of your relationship with the customer. I'm asking you to focus on those first 100 days. What can you do in the first 100 days to create an onboarding experience that welcomes in your new customer, that acclimates them to your way of doing business, and then leads them towards the goals that they're trying to accomplish with your product or service? I believe there are eight phases you can walk them through across the first 100 days. And I can promise you, if you pay attention to those eight phases, not only will they not leave, but they will be in a position to become an advocate for you. Well, they will be singing your praises far and wide and drawing new customers to you. This creates that flywheel effect where you don't have to spend as much time marketing and selling because your customers are doing it for you. And that's the entire premise behind the book is like, look, you've worked really hard to get this customer. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to keep them? Those numbers are just astounding. And, and, you can look in back and look back in various experiences and you see, yeah, you know, they're true. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, and I love the good news that you don't have to think about everything, but if you get the first hundred days right, um, you're good. Hey, Joey, a little footnote to this as an alliteration addict, I absolutely love that the eight steps all started with the same letter, the letter A. Uh, what do you think? I'm, I'm just going to put you on the spot though. There's sure. eight steps and everyone, we're not going to give them all away today. You got to buy the book. <laughs> you have to, you're going to want to buy this book. And, and by the way, when you buy the book, this is one of those books that's going to stay on your desk for a long time because it's it's one of those books that I read and there's so many stories, so many real world stories. Then they're followed up with action items. Like you tell people exactly what to do and how to apply it. So this is this isn't just something you read and put on the shelf. This is something you dog ear, highlight, spill coffee on. It sits on your desk and becomes uh it's really a handbook. It's not just a, a, a novel, a business novel that you read. So well, you I get appreciate the book, that, Daryl. Oh, yeah, it's, no, it's I mean, and then, to be honest, that it's music to my ears because that's the way I wrote it. I mean, when my uh, editor and my agent asked me, what's your goal for the book? I said, I want to get on an airplane 30 years from now and see somebody reading my book. And that mm -hmm. wasn't from a vanity play as much as it was, I want it to still work. This mm -hmm. is built on the entire book. The premise of the book is built on the human condition. So as long as you have human beings as customers, this applies to you.
You mentioned case study. We've got 46 case studies in the book, small, medium, and large product and sales or product and service, international and domestic, online and offline We, we with the full gambit of case studies because I wanted people to be able to read it and say, okay, I can apply this in my business. I don't care what size of operation you have, what industry you operate in. I wanted to give you something that would immediately help you start to create better experiences for your customers because the second you do that, your revenues grow. Your revenues grow up. And at being here, you know, talking revenue growth engine, I mean, at the end of the day, I am all about let's keep you in business by deepening the relationship with your existing customers instead of this spray and pray model of let's go out into the marketplace and hope that our ads lead to new sales or hope that our, you know, pitch leads to a new client. I'd rather double down on the relationships we already have. So good. So as you look across the eight areas of improving of the stages of the customer experience in the first 100 days, what do you think the most overlooked one is? I'll put you on the spot. Which one well, do we miss the most? Yeah, you know, it kind of depends on the industry folks are in or the organizations, mm-hmm. but the one that seems to regularly get missed. And when we talk about it, people are like, oh my gosh, how did I not catch that? So let me ask your listeners this. And of course, I can't see you. So play along at home or in the car, wherever you're listening, doing the dishes, raise your hand if you've heard of the phrase buyer's remorse. So I'm imagining right now a lot of hands are going up. Great. Mm-hmm. Now I would ask you the following follow-up. Do you have a system and a process in your business to address the buyer's remorse that the research shows every one of your customers is feeling? Raise your hand. Now, here's the interesting thing, Daryl. I can't see the hands, but let me tell you, they're not going. Oh, they're up. They're not going. They do not have a system and process. They raise their hand that they have buyer's remorse, but they put their hand back down when I asked them, raise your hand if you have a system and a Mm -hmm. process to address it because most people don't. Here's the thing. We know that this exists. We know that the higher the research shows us that the higher the expenditure, the greater the buyer's remorse. Mm -hmm. So while you're back in your office, high-fiving, celebrating, we landed the deal. We got the new client. Somebody won a trip to Napa. It's going crazy. Meanwhile, at the client, they're saying, well, what if this doesn't work out? Um, Will I be able to get my money back? You know, I really like the conversation with that salesperson, but, you know, I, I think I may have been persuaded by the way they were looking at me or the kind things they were saying about me, or it, it's really seemed like they cared. And now they're handing me off to an account manager who I've never met, and they're going to be responsible for the relationship. Are they going to tell them everything they were supposed to tell them? What if by making this decision, my boss gets mad at how I spent the money, and so I get fired? The fears that new customers have are immense. And yet most organizations pay no attention to that. They don't do anything to address that fear and doubt and uncertainty that every new customer has about whether or not they made the right purchase. So interesting with my sales hat on, I think back to the conferences with Zig Ziglar and Tom Hawkins and, you know, that they said buying is emotional, sales is emotional. Um, yet it seems like once the ink hits the paper or the digital ink hits the DocuSign or whatever, the emotions go out the window when, and we're like, here you go, customer success, here's your onboarding, you know, and just, and, um, and I it, would posit our emotions, the salesperson's emotions go out the window. Yeah. The customer's emotions increase. Yeah. 
Wow, what a powerful conversation. Joy, this is this is fantastic. And the work you have uh, put together and really, I can, you know, when you see all the stories in here, I can tell that Never Lose a Customer Again is not just ideas. These are ideas that have been proven over and over and over again across multiple industries. And you, just the wealth of knowledge and ideas and inspiration and how-to that you've shared in this book, just priceless. Thank you so much for sharing time with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Daryl. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, this has been a great conversation. I just want to say a sincere thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast world. We are smack dab in the middle of the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. It has been fantastic. I know many of you are listening in and you're a part of it. If you're not, it's not too late. Get involved. It runs through March 10th. And even if you sign on after that, uh, we'll get you access to the videos because this is the time, 2021. We've got to get it done in 2021. This is the time to dig in, be strategic, work hard. So we'll see you at the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.